In this episode of the Team Superdad podcast, we talk managing your money and getting rich with finance guru, dad, and awesome bloke, Rob Schultz. Roll theme. Welcome to Team Super Dad. Real dads creating their best lives ever. More time, more money, more fun. You are not alone. You're on Team Super Dad. Yes, welcome to the Team Super Dad podcast. It's great to have you back as always. However you found us, whether you're watching, whether you're listening, it's great to have you on board. Remember, remember, please share, like, comment, do the business. You know, uh, every dad... Every dad knows another dad. Surely you do. Every mum knows a dad. That is for certain. Whether it's your granddad, your uncle, your, you know, basically just share this with other men in your life so we can grow the Team Superdad message and, uh, and, and help as many dads as possible create the life they desire and get out of the life they feel stuck in. Today's episode is with Rob Schultz, a guy from America, uh, which is always nice. It helps me feel connected to my American family and my connections over there my friends and and connections over there but yeah Rob is a accountant which isn't always the most exciting thing is it but he's actually a bit of a finance guru he's got an amazing book out uh, and he's literally recognized as one of the top uh, financial planners uh, and advisors in the states which is a pretty big place as we all know this subject you know the subject of money is vital for me inside of Team Superdad. It is one of RF five fitness, focus, finance, family, and fun, and it comes in two areas. You got to manage your money well. You know, the stresses around finances ruin relationships. They absolutely crucify them, and it doesn't need to be that way. We're in this together. We've got to be open, transparent. We've got to get organised. Where energy, where attention goes, energy flows. And your finances are no different. So there's the first part of looking after them. And, uh, and we're talking about that with, with Rob today. As much as possible, I try and get some practical advice from him and, and some steps we can take. Rob has agreed to come and do some workshops inside of the Hero Academy, which is our premium program for super dads around the world. And uh, we've already got Raymond Holt, who talks finance in there with us. Uh, and, and as well as the managing your money, we've got the creating money. So whether that's share trading, uh, we work closely with Jason Greystone and the Tears of Freedom crew uh, around stocks and shares and investments. We've got property people um, of all shapes and sizes uh, in there from, from Daniel Latto to um, Dick Dabner to uh, what's the guy? <laughs> Daniel Hill. I always try and call him Damon Hill, but he was a race driver. You know, these are all uh, experts in the property field. And, and making money online, you know, starting a business, whether it's a, a Spotify, not a Spotify, a Shopify shop, whether it's an affiliate business, whether it's a t-shirt business, whether it's creating a, a course or a program, there's so many ways in which we can create second streams of income. And we just have to both manage our money and grow our money. And that's why finance is a core part of the Team Superdad Foundations and one of our F5 core tenants. So if you don't know about uh, that, then come over and join us. The free group is on teamsuperdad.com forward slash network. That's pretty easy. Teamsuperdad.com forward slash network. And then once you're inside there, you'll find out all about the uh, power code, our 10 week program. You'll find out about the Hero Academy, which is our ongoing membership group and uh, and the F5, which runs throughout everything we do. Focus, fitness, finance, family and fun. 
Because if you don't manage all those things, then guess what? Your life ain't going to be a lot of fun. And that's why so many men feel pretty broken these days. And exciting news is that a whole version, flavour and root in for women is on its way. Team Superdad was always envisaged as a community for like-minded, empowered mums and dads to create positive relationships, to find new relationships, to be awesome parents. And that's what it's all about. So uh, spread the word, come and join us and uh, enjoy this conversation with Rob Schultz. I'll see you on the other side. Boom, Rob. Hey, Johnny. Good to see you. How are you doing? Doing really good. Thanks for having me on. Oh, it's my pleasure. Uh, kudos to your team as well. They did a great job in uh, in managing that for you. So uh, it's, it's always nice to see a guy who's got his team kind of looking looking out for him. Uh, we had a few technical issues. Uh, I thought you were going to be on this morning. and I was like, hang on a minute, 10.30. Yeah. In the middle of the night. No, no, we, we had, yeah, we're, we're in different time zones. There's no doubt. And yeah. some, sometimes uh, Google or whoever, whatever, program you're using doesn't doesn't know how to handle all that stuff yeah well thankfully we got it sorted we got it sorted and it's as i said in the introduction it's great to have you on tonight one of the five elements of the team super dad f5 is finances um, and such a vital part of everyday life let alone our future and everything um, and i know from my history I don't, I don't, I mean, sitting here today, you know, it's, it's one of the wonderful things about doing a podcast and, and having all the coaches that I've got inside the team, super dad community and the hero program is that I get to learn as well. You know, I've, I've got all these dads in our community and, um, some kind of leader for them, but I'm on the same journey. So, um, it's brilliant for me to be able to have this conversation with, with you tonight and, uh, and hear from your, experience what how long have we been talking like 20 as this said in, said in your profile is it 25 years experience in financial planning yeah, yeah i've been i've been doing it for a good long while um <laughs> you know and, and it's been fun and you know my kids i have four kids uh that we raised and they're all i, I guess we're empty nesters now you know because the, oh, right. the youngest yeah the youngest is a freshman in college so um the nest is is empty but so are my pockets because I'm still paying <laughs> for college and things like that and, and auto insurance and whatever. So it's, you know, a little anticlimactic to a certain extent, but, uh, but yeah, yeah, that's, that's where we are these days. And do they like coming home? Is it, is it, uh, what, what kids have you got? How's it, how's it break down? Well, um, I, I have, uh, I like to call it two sets with the same wife because we've got two, two older and two younger. Uh, I've been married for over 30 years, and we've got the two older that are 29 and 25, uh, both girls. Uh, and the 25-year-old is is pregnant, so we're going to have our first grandbaby. Granddad, real for too long. Uh, and then I have a boy who's 20 and a girl who's 19. Oh, brilliant, brilliant! Yeah, I've got a boy and a girl, so I love I love uh, having both. Uh, I've got a brother myself. I do have an older sister as well. But um, I remember it hadn't really dawned on me what having a daughter was going to be like. And I, and I pulled up at the lights one night and it suddenly hit me that I was going to walk her down the aisle one day. Oh. And the next thing I know, I'm sat there crying. <laughs> oh, I, yeah. 
And, you know, I try not to be an overly emotional person. I try not to be. And I, I just like, I cried so hard coming down the aisle that first time. Oh, my goodness. Oh, that was the hardest thing. I think that's the hardest thing I've ever done. Wow. And she married a great guy, and I was happy for him and all that. But still, I, I don't know why, but that was, that was really one of the most emotional moments in my life. Yeah. Well, I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it. You're giving, yeah. I mean, like, you're giving your daughter away. Is it oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, these words don't have much meaning or substance until they're actually experiencing it. Then you suddenly go, oh my gosh, now I know what they actually meant when they said giving your daughter away. No, I think that's part of it. I think it snuck up on me a little bit. You know? <laughs> so, so I wasn't able to handle it very well. Yeah. Well, that's a perfect uh, intro into the subject because I think for most people, the money subject sneaks up on them, up on them a little bit. And, uh, you know, listen, I, I love the, the, so, so much about your, your story and your, your journey, but, um, you know, and, uh, pe- people, people like to get to know each other on, on, on a podcast. So we'll, we'll, we'll dig into just a tiny bit of that history. But I know from, from, the, from your career journey, uh, it started in the in the navy, right? You would you you. How did you end up being a financial planner in the navy? Or what was that? About? I don't know. How how did any of us end up where we are? Right? I mean, it's just, you, it's you, you were going to go and be a sailor, right? Or fight, fight, you know, shoot guns, or do do whatever. Yeah, you know. yeah, all that stuff. Well, I, I don't know. You know, I I went to uh, well, they paid for my school first of all. So oh, okay. At university, an American thing, right? What what happened? That's the army or the or one of the forces pays for you to go to, to college. Is that how that works? It's yeah, it's really different. You know, so we have academies too. You know, right. so there's a there's a naval academy that you can go to, um, and that's one way that officers are trained. Another way is through what's called ROTC, uh, and that's where they you can go to a number of schools, like the University of Texas is where I went. And they pay for your college. And while you're in college, you do some training. But it's so much better because, you know, I wore a uniform like once a week. And the rest of the time, I was just a college kid, you know. Uh, and then when you get out, you, you earn your, you, you're given a commission in the Navy and, you know, you go, you go do your thing. Um, and then there's a commitment after that, uh, generally four years. Uh, and that's what I did. I ended up doing my four years. But while I was at, at the University of Texas, I studied accounting, you know, which is kind of weird because, you know, most uh, naval officers are, are engineers, but um, I was an accountant. <laughs> so. So, you, so, you, so you finish uni uh, and then you, you owe them four years to pay it back. And then you, so what, what kind of year is this? Was, I mean, I don't know, well, you kids 29. Was that like, blimey, did you catch flipping tail end of Iraq and that sort of stuff? Or yeah, I caught the tail end of all that stuff, like 90 to 94. Um, you know, I wasn't over there or anything, but right. um, we also did a lot of the drug interdiction ops in the Caribbean and, you know, a couple of little things that would pop up from time to time. Oh, like pirates and stuff. Yeah, a little, little <laughs> bit. Yeah, I used to kid, I used to joke my kid, with my kids. I had a sword, you know, you get a sword and uh what what'd you do with the sword? And I was like, well, I mean, I fought pirates. And they're like, what are you talking about? I, I kept that going. I, I don't know. I think I think my 30 year my 29 year old, I think she still thinks that we fought pirates in the Caribbean. Yeah. 
you kept it going longer than Santa. That's absolutely awesome. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. No, no doubt. Yeah, totally. So you're on you're on a on a boat, uh, and just like in everyday life, you've got sailors who have got wives back at shore. They've got young families, and 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 you're helping them basically unravel their financial dramas. Basically, is that right? Yeah, and and so I was uniquely suited to that because of the fact that you know I had some training, and and, and if you read my book, you'll see I have some training too because my dad did a really good job of of teaching me some things. Yeah, and, so that's, yeah. Let's just cut in there. That's perfect that you should mention that, and I do apologize. One of the reasons how we got to be connected was around your book launch, um, and the book is called. I keep I, I kept getting this wrong because I was trying to search for it. Thinking, having thinking thoughts it, about lots of teas. Thoughts on things financial. Thoughts on things financial. Yeah, yeah. And once you get it, it's got a nice ring to it. But but until you get it, thoughts on <laughs> things financial. So so Rob's book, Thoughts on Things Financial, is on Amazon. You can go and get it there. I know because because I've seen it there. Uh, thoughts on things financial, and it's a practical guide, a really practical guide for for people to to get an understanding of, 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 of their financial planning and, 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 and tracking their, their, their finances into the future. But, but we'd, we'd definitely um, uh, hear more about that. And, but, but the essence of this book is, is your whole experience from this story that we're talking about now in the Navy right through to your very successful Schultz Wealth Company and, and all the people you've worked in there. So this is really your whole career put into a book so that people can practically manage and 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 grow their finances is that correct i'd say so you know when i wrote it i decided i wanted to wanted it to be comprehensive and my you know publisher people were like well that's crazy that's too much information i was like no i mean i get the same questions over and over and over again you know from people i see the same mistakes i see the same success stories from from the same habits I was like, man, I want to write all this stuff. I want to put all this stuff down. And I've, I think the book is unique from that standpoint because I've actually worked with all these people, hundreds of people, uh, and, and helped them put their kids through college and retire and do all these things. And a lot of people that write financial books don't have that experience. Uh, and so that's what I tried to do. I tried to, tried to put those stories in there to – help solidify, you know, these just basic things that you need to know. It doesn't have to be complicated. It's not, you know, it's not complicated, but there are some basic tenets that they are super important if you want to be financially successful, I believe. Yeah. Listen, for any people listening, right, this is, this is going to be a, a relatively practical uh, podcast session tonight with, with team Superdad because I want to uh, make it as, as much value for the team Superdad members uh, as possible and if you're listening to this and wondering what that is um come on over to teamsuperdad.com forward slash network and you just you know usual stuff give your name and your email address and you will be put into our group and uh, all the previous uh, podcasts and the training that we've got in there and there's live sessions and there's the community stuff and um so yeah teamsuperdad.com forward slash network and you can become and be come and be part of that um but the book is written in very practical everyday language. I mean, it's 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 not a heavy finance book. It's a it, it's a 
it's a it's a read it's an it's it's well obviously someone's got to have an interest in managing their finances but it, it's very right. accessible you know I've, I've read the different uh chapters that that, uh, that i was given and it's very accessible and i guess do you know what even as i'm saying it, it it's it, it's a relief <laughs> oh really yeah okay. when, when, when you read what were uh, the way that you've approached some of the subjects is it's like oh gosh okay right well that's not too hard yeah i could do that okay yeah so let's i guess let's 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 look at it from a from a from a journey perspective right people um couples let's look at it as a, as a family situation people get together it's unlikely that either of them have got their finances handled that well. There's very few people in this world that actually got their that got a good handle on their on their finances. Is would you agree with that? It's it's, it's kind of uncommon that people have got a handle on their finances. It is uncommon, um, and there are varying degrees of you know financial health with with people. Um, and one of the important things here, okay, that I see over and over and over again is. People think that no, you don't know about anybody else's finances, so you assume that, that yours are just awful. Okay, a lot of people do that, and and there's this shame that kind of happens. They're kind of ashamed of of where they are, and they're upset about maybe some of the poor decisions that they made. And man, I mean, if you're going to get better at this stuff, the first thing you have to do is you got to get rid of that. And um, otherwise, that's going to trip you up because you're not going to go find help, you know, because you're not going to want to be able to kind of admit maybe some of the mistakes that you've made. Um, And that's the first thing I want to say is that everybody struggles through this stuff. You you just and it's a constant journey. And and we're all going to make mistakes. I've made mistakes. Everybody's made mistakes. And we're going to be okay. You know, I mean, the, the key to it is to just keep marching forward. And, um, and to be honest about where you are with, you know, with your spouse, absolutely. With your kids, I think one of the worst things that we can do is, um, is you know, try to hide, you know, what our real situation is from our kids. Yeah. Uh, because they can learn from that. They can learn from our mistakes just like they can learn from the, from the good things that we do. Uh, and, and that can, that can lead to some, some dysfunction. I think if, if you're trying to pretend like you're something you're not, um, both ways, by the way, I see very, very wealthy people that want to pretend like they're not, you know, and that doesn't, that doesn't provide the right message either. Cause these kids, they're going to be very wealthy sometime too. And they need to learn how to handle that. And they're not going to learn how to do it. If you're hiding that from them. Um, yeah. I hope some of that makes sense. I, honesty right. is like super important with with all this financial stuff with each other with your financial planner everybody yeah and particularly do you know what the why that message is really important right now is because the world is a bit crazy mm-hmm. and people for various reasons could be really struggling with with money um that has an impact on relationships uh, relationships break down too often because of money um, oh, yeah. you know, you've got a couple who are really in love and then money troubles come along and just it wipes out trust it wipes out communication it wipes out intimacy um and all because of what because you just said it because it didn't communicate about it didn't go and get the right help um and sadly the suicide rates are just far too high globally particularly among men um so yeah whatever your financial situation is 
there is no shame in going and getting advice. There is no shame in going and having a conversation with someone who's qualified to look at your finances and help you you through this. So um, wherever you're at, whoever's watching or listening to this, um, please, at the start of this conversation, take on being open and honest to, uh, with with people in your life and seeking out the right advice. Yeah, because because the solution there are solutions, you know, and and that's the thing you, you mentioned suicide. That's that's usually when somebody just can't see, you know, a solution. Well, you know, solutions come around when when you want to look at what the what the issues are, and that's pretty much all that financial planning is. Is we just we just bring a couple into the room and you know we start talking. First of all, we look at what their true situation is right now. We look at what they want it to be, you know, what are some of the goals and so forth and so on. And we don't have all the answers right then, but what's really cool is what happens is our brains start working for the, towards those solutions. That's how our brains work. Yeah. You know? And, you know, you, you expose all this and you're honest about it and you talk about it and then you can start creating these solutions. And, you know, most of the time, I'm just kind of kicking back, and, and they're figuring this stuff out. You know, <laughs> we we come back six months later, and they've they've made incredible progress because they they they're communicating now, and they're um, they know what the issues are, and and they're finding creative ways to to solve it. It's amazing. Yeah, well, we've talked about that on the podcast before. You know, the reticular activating system, and when when you when you start to focus on a problem um, from the perspective of a solution. Mm-hmm. then we get creative ideas spark. You start to notice things around you in a different way. You have different conversations. Two people that perhaps were arguing and frustrated with each other now start to share ideas and, 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 and laugh and joke about some that might be silly, some that might be realistic. And you put a couple of, uh, you put a silly idea and a great idea and a, a great idea together and you come up with an even better idea. Yeah. And, um, and quickly, you can take the significance out of, of a financial struggle and turn it into a financial goal. Um, is it is it? You know, are, are people realistic about their financial ambitions, or or do too, do too often people think, "Oh, well, there's no way I could save that much money," and, and so before they've even started, everything gets shut down. That's a good question. Um, I think most people, when if they've never done any financial planning, they don't know. They have no idea. They have no idea whether what they want to do is feasible or not. Um, they just don't know. And that's a big point of the book and of what I try to do uh, is, is, you know, you got to know. You, you need to know. Um, and the only way to know is to, is to run the numbers and, and calculate it. You know, you can't just go through life and going, well, you know, I'm, I'm doing this. I hope, I hope, I hope it all works out. You know, that's, that's not, that's not financial planning. Financial planning is backing into some, some numbers and then seeing whether your current situation is allowed, is able to support that. And in most cases, you know, if you take all the goals that you ever want from a financial standpoint, you can't achieve them all. Okay. You can't achieve them all. Um, you, and so you have to prioritize just like everything else and come up with those things that are most important to you based upon your values, not somebody else's values, not mine, but yours. 
and then you focus on those things that are most important. That's where you allocate your resources. And next thing you know, you're achieving those things. And maybe some things that were important to other people or that maybe you thought should be important but isn't important to you, those things maybe don't happen, but that's okay. And so what are those segments? Are we talking house, holiday, kids' college, retirement? Um, You know, is some of it, I guess some of it's life kind of stuff and then other is more frivolous throwaway things they, they, but they've all got a place on the if we imagine it's on a wheel right they've all got a slot on the wheel correct yeah i would say so and um and, and everybody's gonna have have different values or things that are important to them and they do they go i mean you so think would, of a car what would be the list what, if you if someone was making a list now what, what would those kind of categories be that they well could? i think i think that's the thing is, is sometimes we don't know we haven't thought about it. And then what happens is, is this thing that um, I wrote about, it's called short-term bias because our, our brains were evolved, haven't evolved as fast as modern technology has evolved. Okay. And so what happens is, is sometimes we give priority to those things that are closest, a transaction that's closest over things that are actually much more important to us, but are much further out. See that, that is why you have to do financial planning because your brain can't do that. You know, your brain's looking at, you know, we've got to find it. We've got to buy a car for, for our son. Okay. He's going to be here in the States, 16, you get a car. Yeah. Um, so we got to do that and it's going to have to be safe and you know, it needs to be new and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, we're, we're putting top dollar on that and all of our priorities, all of our money resources are going to go to that. Well, so short, that's the short term buy. So it's, we haven't buy it's going focus and all in. Yeah. yeah. Focus and all in on that. And, and, but really, man, that's not, is that as important as trying to make sure college is paid for? And then retirement um, can be so much more money that's needed later when you're not working. So, you know, what happens when you do financial planning is you're able to project out what those numbers are and make them real in the present so that you can make a better decision about that car for your son, you know, based upon the other things that you know are later further down, not so short term, but they're long term. But maybe they're maybe they're more important. I would argue that they are and yeah. that you need to not ignore them and just buy the most you know, the best, greatest car you possibly can with everything you've got. Yeah, and in one of the excerpts that I was shared of your book, it, it said about someone, it looks like a sensible idea to pay off your debts with a bunch of money that were previously in a retirement fund, but without a sensible financial expert helping you through that, it might have been the worst decision you've ever you've ever made. Um and equally, it could be the could, could be the right decision, but unless you've got the skills to, to know that, you you you've got to use your money in a way that's going to serve all the all the goals that you've got coming down. Right, and, and just like what you what you talk about so often about having balance, um, all these different things in your life. Well, your financial life is the same thing; it has to have some balance to it. And you know, if if you are just completely debt free, okay but you have absolutely no money saved, that's a disaster. Okay. Right? Yeah. That's an absolute disaster because you're going to end up 
in debt again. I mean, no question, because you don't have any cash and an emergency comes up or, you know, if you just even need to buy tires for your, for your car or your truck, you know, you're, you're done. You're, yeah. you're going to use your MasterCard. You're back in debt and back in debt again. And, you know, that, that's not smart. Well, and that's how this money subject can be a problem for people who are, you know, in inverted commas, rich people or poor people, people with loads of money, people with not so much money. The person with loads of money can be just as cash poor as the person with, with hardly any money, right? This is, this is about looking after your money so you've got some to spend, some's being saved, some's getting you through every day. Yeah, and that's that's right. And that's why we, we don't, I don't really use the term as far as, you know, somebody has lots of money and somebody, basically everybody, I use this term, uh, I, I call it, um, they're net savers and then they're net spenders. Okay. okay. There aren't like rich people and poor people. There are net savers and there are net spenders. And it doesn't matter how much money you make. If you spend more than you make, you're a, you're a net debtor. And over time, it may take a long time. It may take 20 years, but over time, you're going to sink yourself. Okay. Because over time, you are spending more than you make. And that's going to be a problem. And you're not going to achieve personal financial success. And then a net saver is just the opposite of that. They're always uh, spending less than what they actually make. It's just that's what they do. They do it week in, out, month in, years and years. And over time, they can accumulate, they can achieve, and they, and they have the resources they need to put, put together for, for their financial goals. And it all works out great. And neither one of them are really aware sometimes of who they are and why everything, like for the net saver, you know, if you ask them, it's like, oh, I, I, man, I've just been really fortunate. You know, I, I, haven't, I haven't had any of these terrible things happen. Well, yeah, they have, but they had the money to be able to take care of it. Yeah. The, the net spender is going, man, just, I've just really had some bad breaks. You know, this, this happened over here or whatever that costs a lot of money and, you know, I just, I just wasn't able. Well, you weren't able to handle it because you didn't have the savings. You didn't have the resources to deal with it. Yeah. You know, that, that's the difference. And on a basic level, you find out that one of those people was spending a hundred bucks a month on Starbucks and the other one wasn't. They just had different, their, their attitude to spending on little things was, was slightly different and, and, uh, and they made their money, they managed their money better. I guess it boils down to managing their money better. It, it does. I, it really boils down to habits and, and having good financial habits. And sometimes it, it comes down to kind of tricking yourself into those habits. Okay, uh, so, because, so tell us more about that because these, these kind of habits, uh, I would imagine, are at the root of lots of couples' relationship problems where finances are at play because one could have good habits and another could have bad habits, or they could just have habits that, 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 that clash. So this is an important subject because financial pressure can ruin relationships, and it's, and it's heartbreaking when a, an otherwise happy couple who loved each other are now at loggerheads over something ultimately as, as insignificant as, as money um, when it could just be managed properly. So, um, and I'm sure you see that a lot in your work, don't you? Oh, for sure. You know, so 
So couples that are married, generally, you don't marry somebody like yourself. You marry somebody different. Um, and I see that all the time. I'll, there'll be one who's maybe a net spender and one that's a net saver. That happens all the time. You know, that that's, that's what we have. But they can be very happily married to each other. Uh, you just have to recognize who you are. And, um, and then, you know, put in place some, some mechanisms, uh, some ways to trick yourself, and, and just have awareness, you know. I, I think the first thing is you just have to wear, be aware. I mean, personally, me, I love to spend money. I mean, I really do. And you would think that I would, I would, I've always, you know. Yeah, this, he's an accountant. Yeah, he's I've got this, I've had this down since I was three years old, you know. I, I've, I've never had any of these. Well, no, that's wrong. I mean, I have, I'm a, I have uh, so many different habits and, and just expenses and fun things that I like to do. And, you know, that's kind of the way I live. So, you know, I always want to buy new golf clubs or, or whatever it may be. Uh, and, and so I've had to learn how to kind of trick myself to make sure that I have the money that I need when those emergencies and opportunities arise. Uh, and then it just becomes part of my, my daily life, you know, and, and then, then it works out. Okay, great. So let's let's in the second half of our conversation. Let's let's put some real substance in this because we've talked about habits. We've talked about um, you've just said there you, you, how you uh, people feel like they were lucky or or, or, or mm-hmm. not lucky. So I think what would be really cool would be to you know um, for anyone listening or watching is, is that we can give them some practical things to take away. Of course, go and get your book is a re- is a really good thing to do. Um, and so first of all, people, if we just take this conversation, there's the goals part of it, right? So we're going to get really clear on, on what kind of money we're going to need for our future. Right. So that's, I think so. I, really the first step is to see where you are right now. So in order, you're going to do an audit of your finance. Mm-hmm. So yes, what, right. what do we do to create that audit? Well, the book has, has a couple of worksheets you can use, um, but it's really pretty simple. I mean, one of them is going to be a, a cash flow is what I call it, but, you know, it's really a budget, but people hate that word, so I call it a cash flow. Yeah, well, I think cash flow is important because yeah. cash flow projects into the future as well commonly. It does, and that's what I always do. I'm always trying to – trying to ask what, what do we see coming up? Not what happened. It's not a, and so you're right. It's not necessarily an audit. It's just a, it's a, it's a way of just trying to see what the year is going to be like. So what, how much money are we going to make and where are we going to spend that money? And, and when we subtract that out, is it a positive number? <laughs> yeah. You know, and if it is, then how are we going to allocate that positive number you know, to, to forward ourselves in, in our financial success. Okay, cool. So there's a, we have a cash flow document in team super dad. You've awesome. got cash flow documents in the book that people can get as a, as a template in the book. You can also search Google for cash flow template, right? Absolutely. If you're making a cash flow. You're simply, you're putting on there. Uh, if you took the year, right, you've got Christmas, birthdays, holidays, you know, any kind of occasion where you're going to be spending money, then you've got your just general expenses. What are you expecting to spend each month? And then um, on, on top of that, obviously, you've got income. So where's your money coming in uh, across the year, across each month? And so when someone fills that in on an Excel sheet or a Google spreadsheet, they will then see 
I have X thousand dollars a month. Say we as as a household, we have five thousand dollars a month. Great. Our normal expenses are four thousand dollars a month. Great. So we should have a thousand pound a month, you know, left at the end of each month. But Christmas costs six thousand dollars, and summer vacation costs six thousand dollars. So now we're now we're back to back to zero, and that's the cash flow. That's that's what people need to get their head around. There is it there. Yeah, and, and those annual numbers, those annual annual numbers are really important, Johnny. You you nailed it. That's the stuff that usually trips people up. They can usually sit there and balance things month to month if they're just living because they're watching their their account and going, oh yeah, I'm doing good. Well, then, like you said, vacation holiday comes up. Uh, things like that, taxes, whatever it may be, that that's what trips them up are those those annual ones. That's why you have to sit down and write it out to really see where you stand. Yeah, well, a car. You could say, oh, yeah, car, a car costs me 100 bucks a month gas. Okay, but then you haven't allowed for some something goes wrong at least once a year. There's a service. There's you know, So actually, you know, the car doesn't cost that much money. It costs double that a month. Okay, so, that's so, right. so that's, the, that's our practice. We're managing our money there. And then our goals. So in terms of how much money we think we might need in the future, you know, so we're going to put what well, we got our kids college in there. We've got, um, I don't know. What, what if we want to start having a bigger house or we want to, you know, we're planning for things like that, 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 what do we do there? We go like, okay, well, our five-year goal is to, do, do we paint a picture of our perfect life and then work out what that life would cost? Is that an idea? You can, you know, we use, our financial planning software is pretty robust. So, you know, we'll take all that. We call them cards just because that's what they look like in the financial planning software. So, you know, a client will come in and say, well, we want to buy a vacation home or we want to relocate to another home or whatever it may be. That's a card to us. And then we'll go in and we can, we can, we can get all the data on that. And then what happens is the software runs that within the cash flows of all the other things that have to happen, you know, saving for college, saving for retirement, et cetera, and so forth. And then we can read that and we can tell, you know, whether that's feasible or not or at what level it's feasible and things like that. Okay. So, uh, so uh, an individual dad or a couple planning this together, they could take that card idea they can even stick it on a wall and go mm-hmm. new house, kids college, daughter's wedding dress. Even though the daughter's fifth, like in my mind, my daughter's 10, right? In my mind, I'm like somewhere down the line is a bloody 20 grand. Oh, yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so, so those cards, you can kind of, especially as a couple, you can play with this and say, all right, well, what, let's, let's get creative. Let's have a brain. Let's have, let's have a, let's get a bottle of wine and have a laugh about how we're going to plan our future out and just start to put some numbers on there. And, and boom, now you've got a wall or a, or a notepad in front of you where you can see the life you want for yourself in five, 10 years time and, and some idea of what it's going to cost. Okay, cool. Yeah. And you verbalize it, you know, which sometimes hard, you know, even with your spouse, sometimes to really verbalize what it is that you want to achieve, because once, once you say it, it's out there, you know, so it's, it's, it's a great, it's a great thing for everybody to do for sure. Yeah. And that's a, that's a coaching exercise. Anyone who's experienced coaching before will know exercises like that. And if you've not experienced coaching before, then that's the kind of stuff that happens when you're working with a coach is that they'll challenge you to think about new things for yourself and your life that are bigger and greater than what you've got now, because that's, that's the growth. That's the stretch. That's the, how do you have a better life where you plan it and you start to make it happen. Yeah. Um, and so then 
I can imagine a couple at that stage then go, well, that's fun. But how the hell are we going to do that? Like, it's almost like a bit of a uh, bit. They feel a bit deflated by that. You know, you, they're working with you or they're reading your book. They've they've got these ideas for things they want to have happen. But now they've got no idea how they're going to make that extra money. What What's the next stage in the process? Well, with the, with us, like in our process as a professional financial planner, I mean, that's that's where, you know, we start allocating whatever was left at the end of that cash flow statement. Okay, so there's there's money that's left over. That's what we have to put towards what it is you just verbalized that you want to achieve. And then we, we have to carefully allocate it towards those things, decide, you know, where it's going to be. Obviously, first, you have to have an emergency fund. You have to have some just plain old cash, make sure that you can pay for those expenses and so forth that may come up from time to time. And then from there, you're going to allocate it into accounts towards these different goals that, that you have for yourself. And you're going to run out of, you know, money before you run out of goals, potentially, okay? And I think that you have to just understand that that's totally okay, okay? That's going to happen. And, um, and, and, and that's okay and It's because this is an ongoing process. You know, for our clients, it's every six months. So yeah. they're going to... Uh, come in in six months, and we're going to reassess. We're going to see where they are, and we're looking for progress as we go. And in between, they're finding ways to solve these different things. And over the course of, you know, maybe even years, some of these things we've tackled and we've handled, and now we can go to the next thing. You know, and well, now maybe that vacation home is a possibility. You know, you've gotten a raise, all these things. See, I think that's really important. Let me backtrack to that. When you get, when you all of a sudden get a raise at work, okay, what's the first thing you think of doing with that money? Spending it. <laughs> yeah. Woohoo! <laughs> Holiday. If, if you have a plan, yeah, if you have a plan and you have these cards, you know, up on your, on your mirror, the first thing you're going to think of is that, that vacation house or that relocation. That's the magic of the planning is that it gets your mind geared up and looking for the opportunities to achieve some of these things when those opportunities arise. Yeah. And, you know, uh, we've had lots of guests on the podcast about mindset, about affirmations, about the law of attraction. You know, we've had a kind of religious angle on it as well. These things are all sort of the same subject, you know, where attention where attention goes energy flows you can't help but focus on something that's important to you or that you've got a plan for and in the same way if you're not asking for it praying for it focusing on it believing it working towards it it ain't never going to happen it's not going to happen yeah yeah and when uh well i lost my train of thought one second um so we've 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 got our plan we've been we've given some extra money oh yeah so what so in terms of you know i've read uh I've read the uh, Philistine prophecy and obviously it's in the Bible. They talk about tithing and putting a proportion of your money to one side. Oh, I've, um, um, what's his name? Dave Ramsey. Yes. Obviously for our American friends um, and anyone involved in money around the world will probably have heard of Dave Ramsey, but his, his debt, you know, money snowball and the emergency fund. So these these are things that people who are focused on their money might have heard about. Uh, is 
the emergency fund that's 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 really vital is, is that's everybody should be should be clear on the importance of having an emergency fund right yeah i think that's the very first thing even before you start trying to knock away the debt is that you have the emergency fund to make sure it's going to be there so that when the debt resolves itself you don't you don't go back in and then i want to go back cuz you were just talking about um you know charitable you know donations and giving away your money um if that's okay yeah please do yeah because yeah i didn't i I didn't really do a chapter on that in the book um but it's so important and it's something that i've just seen in working with couples over the years that is just mind-boggling to me uh but you know without a doubt the the couples i work with that are most financially successful that doesn't mean they make the most money it just means that they are they are achieving their goals and and doing a great job, you know, living their financial lives. They're very very generous people, almost to a T. You know, they're do- they're donating, they're contributing to their church or their charity or whatever it may be. And you know, I think that when you do that, you take a little bit of the control away from money because money can control you if you let it. It can scare you. It can make you, it can give you emotions that are negative. And the the key, the best way to, to take away that control that money has over you is to give it away. And then if you're able to do that, then, you know, you're not, you're not worried about it anymore. You know, you, you know, you're, you're just kind of going, well, we're going to, we're going to figure this deal out. You know, and it doesn't have to do with all the dollars and cents. It has totally to do with my attitude. And, you know, when you have an attitude of, you know, I've, I've known a lot of people like this and you have too that have the attitude always of, well, you know, I just, I deserve it. I, I just, I deserve a raise, you know, and, and this, I just got a bad break over here or whatever it may be. You know, that, that's a bad attitude. The, the best attitude is, is to realize that, you know, to be very grateful for, for, for the opportunities that you have, you know, not to be looking at whoever it may be that, you know, is maybe doing, you perceive to be doing a lot better than you, but rather to look at just, you know, just being in a first world country, like, like we are, uh, Johnny, you and you, you and I, and just saying, man, I, I actually have a positive number, you know, after doing that cash flow thing and a wide majority of humans on this world absolutely do not and have no earthly idea how they're going to feed their family tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and that's such a grounding thought. Um, and I've heard money be spoken about as energy, you know, mm-hmm. and, and whether people have come across that too much before or believe it or don't believe it, but it's a flow. It's, it's coming from over there. It's passing us by and it's going, and it's going out the other side. And, um, uh, it's, it's been written about and spoken about in so many different ways, but the more that you stop the flow of that money, the, the, just, just like a dam, it's going to dry up coming, coming to you as, as well, which, and it's, so it's brilliant to hear someone with such a, uh, an extensive depth of experience being able to, to, to reference that as well. And almost without the technical sides to it, it's, it's an anecdotal, yeah, People that are generous seem to have a better control over their money. Seem to have a, they do a more abundance. Yeah, I can't explain it because I mean I can look 
at that cash flow and I can see how much money is, is being just basically given away. Yeah. And you know, half of my brain kind of sits there and goes, wow, you know, we can actually use that. We can actually use that to solve some of this. But the reality is the more they give away, it just seems like the, the more of that flow. I like that flow, flow concept. Yeah. You know, it's just, um, it just works. It's, I can't explain it from a financial standpoint whatsoever. <laughs> Sorry. People just have to, 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 to believe in it. It's like, what if, where do the flowers come from in spring? They're just like, bing, you know? Yeah. Like- yeah. Money's like that. It, it does flow. And, you know, our, we get most, most of the satisfaction we, we get from money is, is when we're able to make it do something really amazing. And, you know, when, when you take your money and, and you give it away someplace where it really can do, do a lot, that, I mean, that's fantastic. Yeah. You know, being parents, same, same deal. <laughs> we, uh, one, of the, one of the best financial decisions you could make if you, if you want to be absolutely as rich as you possibly could is just don't have any kids, right, because <laughs> they're expensive. But, of course, that's, that's absolutely not the point whatsoever. Yeah, totally. Yeah finding the joy in, um, in, 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 in spending money and, and in the little things. So what about, this is a good way to kind of um, you know, wrap this up. People who want more money, they've got to make more money. Yeah. So that's, that's the, I guess the, the second half of the financial message is, you know, I don't just mean, I'll oh, go and get a different job. You know, the world is full of messages about, multiple streams of income and different ways of making money. I believe that that's important that people start to understand and, and it, whether they do it or not, they at least need to understand I can and I could, and I probably should make money in different ways. Um, do people ask you that when they come and see you, they ask, how can I make more money? What are the different ways I can make more money? Yeah. Sometimes it does come up in, in different ways. Um, and that's part of the art of financial planning is trying to determine which, which part may be the problem. You know, when, when we don't quite have the, the biggest number at the bottom that we're looking for, well, do expenses need to get cut? In some cases they do, you know, there's some expenses that, that need to be dealt with, but, and on most cases, your expenses are what they are. You know, most of them are pretty much set at this point. There's not a lot we can do about them. So then you do, you look, look at the income side. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, we talk about there's, there's, you know, here in, here in North Texas, a lot of people uh, own real estate and, and we'll do, we'll do that. That can be an extra income stream. All the prices have gotten ridiculously high recently, but you can, you can do that. You can own residential real estate or commercial real estate. Um, Sometimes it is a is a second job. Sometimes that's absolutely necessary. Uh, sometimes you're having a discussion of you know maybe one one spouse is is at, at stay at home with the kids, uh, and and maybe something else has to happen there from an income standpoint. Um, but most of the time, when it comes up and and it's and it's an issue, uh, it's. Um, it's usually when some type of transition has occurred. Okay. And that's like a divorce or the, or the death of, of one spouse or the other, uh, some type of transition. 
is where it gets hard because, you know, you're sitting there going, okay, I've, I have this lifestyle, I have this way, and these other things are important that you talk about so much, you know, taking care of our kids and so forth and so on. But I'm going to have to go get, like, a, a job that is going to take up a lot of my time, you know, in order to make all this work. And um, so in, in my experience, that's sometimes those are the absolutely the hardest, hardest conversations to have is, you know, when you're going to have to go work, work harder uh, or, and make more income and therefore maybe have to give up some of, some of your free time for your, for your family or something like that. Yeah. yeah. There's a, it's a lifestyle choice or lifestyle versus sacrifice. Mm-hmm. There's a, there's a whole lot of other stuff there going, going on. And, and, I, and there's not a, there's not a right or wrong. I, I, well, there is from a financial standpoint, sometimes, I mean, you really do have to go just do what you have to do. Okay. Uh, and, um, and, and understand that. And, and that, that, that can be really hard. But people that are really growing their money, you know, they, they, mm-hmm. Compound leverage. They, they're saving. They're investing. The 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 thousand dollars that they put out is coming back as fifteen hundred dollars on a regular basis. Like these are people. What you must be working with some people who have, you know, they're leveraging their lifestyle in a way that's really creating more. The the the, the, the I guess it's like ramping up. Like the the, the compounding. Yeah, the time value of money. So what? What are some of the ways that people, you know, I guess these are people who you've been working with a while. What are some of the ways that people would um, be, be doing that? You know, is, it, is it investing? Is it, is it, if, even if they're not managing the properties they're buying, are they investing in a property uh, fund or, or, or you know, what? I guess, this, is the, this is the question. How are people leveraging their finances to really increase the, the, the amount of wealth they're creating? What are some of the ways people can do that? Well, lever- you know, leveraging means using using debt somehow, um, and that's usually done here. At least that's usually done with some type of property type deal, and you can do yeah. that. Um, you know, I'm more of a stock and bond kind of guy, so okay. um, so so usually what it means is you're not necessarily leveraging with debt, but what you're doing is you're just you got to start somewhere. And you start getting that money set aside and invested and you let it stay there instead of using the proceeds off of it. So that that money in essence can make money on the money that it's making and so forth and so on. That's that, that's that ramp up the time value of money, that compounding concept that's critical for your long-term goals. Uh, You have to have that and you don't see it. For many, many years, it's kind of one of those things that you've got to have some faith probably until it gets to be a decent amount of money that you're doing the right thing because you're not going to see it because it, you know, compounding, you know, works incrementally at the beginning, very, very slowly. And then it turns, then it, then the, the curve steepens, it starts just going straight up. Um, but to get to that point, you had to start somewhere. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, Darren Hardy's book Compound Leverage is a great book on on that. Um, I, mean, I dare say there's there's reference to it in, in your book, I'm sure. But this is this is it, people can do that really easily now, can't they? With I know in the states the popular one is called Robin Hood. Mm-hmm. Uh, here in the UK, there's something called Moneybox, um, and that's literally small amounts of of 
money on a weekly, monthly, whatever basis going into an account um, and then it's being put towards the purchase of you know, small percentages of stocks and shares on the, on the, on the stock market. Yeah, that's exactly right. And you just want to, you want to take the long play, you know, and make sure that you're diversifying and that you're just kind of allocating it. I, investing in my opinion, the, the right way is just incredibly boring because you know, you're not, you're not buying cannabis stocks or anything like that. I mean, you're, you're literally just allocating it in the stock market in different parts of it. And over time, you know that's that's going to um, that's going to grow faster than inflation. That's all you really have to do. You just yeah. have to beat inflation by a little bit and keep putting that money there and not touch it, and it becomes significant. And it's not complicated, is it? Really, right? It's yeah. You, know, you you can explain it, you know. But but the point I want to make about it is, if someone watches eight hours a month of reality TV or watches 10 hours a month of football or, you know, like there's things that we do that use up time and they are enjoyable. I'm not saying we should all stop them, but to start to get a little bit of an idea of what investing actually means and what would happen if I could put a hundred dollars a month into a, a stocks and shares ISA or as we call them here or stocks and shares bond over there. Um, just a little bit of an understanding of what that's doing for you and how it works is, is, is a skill for life. It's knowledge for life, right? It is. And um, there's a whole chapter in the book where I tell the story of my dad um, teaching me about time value money when I was 10 years old. And um, it's, it's my favorite story in the book. There are a bunch of them, but it's, it's my favorite one. Uh, it really happened. I remember it. I was 10 years old. Every bit of it, and uh, and that's that's how I explain it in the book. Is just as if you're as if you're a ten year old. Sorry, but that's what that's what seems to work, and that's what worked for me. And you know, not only should we read all this and understand ourselves, I think that we need it's it's on our on us to teach our kids as well for sure. Because otherwise, they will not they they won't learn it. I don't think they teach it in school effectively. No, and I don't, it doesn't look like they're about to start anytime soon either, which mm-hmm. is just no. So listen, just as we come to the end, now s- summarize the, the, the book for us. I don't mean to summarize it word by word, but who's it for? What, what, what can people get out of, 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 of reading your book? Because I think it's a really vital book that, that a couple should get. Yeah, um, well, it's, it's designed for a pretty broad crowd. Um, like, like you said, Johnny, you should be able to read it very easily, even if even if you're really not into finances at all. Um, and and so it, it doesn't matter. I've had a lot of people that are really into finances and they enjoyed it. They enjoyed the stories and um, and enjoyed having those tools to be able to, for instance, teach their kids about uh, about finances. Um, I've had some young people, you know, just kind of starting out. You, you know, maybe you have kids and they're in that chaotic stage, as I like to call it and remember it, you know, when you're just like, you don't know which way's up. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Are just yeah. Open. <laughs> I, I think that I think I wrote the book for them. I really do. I, I think that I was thinking of myself back then while I was, while I was writing it. I think that's really a really good read. If you're in that stage 
And I think it'll just take a whole load off your shoulders um, and you'll be able to understand that you're normal <laughs> and that this is achievable and that sort of thing. So some, some young people have really said that it's changed their lives, which is, that's what you want to hear as an author. So, yeah, of course. Yeah. And for a couple experiencing stress around finances, this book and, and any, any book that falls into the same sort of category, um, get wise, you know, don't, don't sacrifice yeah. your relationship over something as silly as, as money. Just fill up the knowledge that you're, that you're missing and allow it to be a strength in your relationship. Yeah. Awesome. And of course it's available at Amazon. Um, anywhere else is it was just, just search the internet, I guess, or it's, 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 uh, there's a massive picture of it on the front of your website, isn't there? So <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can get it off my website, schultzwolf.com or Amazon or, or all those places where they sell books. Um, of course, who buys anything from anywhere but Amazon at this point? I mean, it's just, just give up, right? Literally. And I try. I do try to buy from elsewhere. And, and it goes wrong. And you're just like, oh, man. And you, and you flipping click, click, and it arrives eight hours later. And you go. Yeah, they, they own us. You know, it's, it's just <laughs> there it is. <laughs> We'll be devastated when there's no other shops left, but but until that time, it's kind of fun. Yeah, our kids can pick up the pick up the pieces. <laughs> yeah, Rob, it's been absolutely brilliant having you on uh, on the Team Superdad podcast. Um, uh, we'll talk more, and uh, if there's if, uh, if if the Team Superdad guys um, would like a, a a live session, maybe a Q and A or something, then uh, then uh, would be be great if you're up for that. Yeah, no, that'd be great. That'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. Uh, yeah, shortswealth.com. Uh, Rob, it's been a real pleasure. Uh, enjoy the rest of your day with your family. All right, thanks, John. What an interesting chat. What uh, a great guy. What a, you know, like I said before on the running, you know, money, managing your money, accounting, it's not always that fun, but it is vital. You know, literally, literally is one of the most important things in our life not that money is the most important thing in our life but the flow and energy in our life is vital and like it or not in the way that our world operates it's a financial system we we, there's an exchange market we need to have money to create things to be generous to build things to create a legacy to manage our family to enjoy ourselves to reward ourselves so money you can't go anywhere without it really and uh, as as uh, Jim Rohn once said uh, it's not everything but it's right up there with oxygen so I hope you enjoyed that come on over to teamsuperdad.com forward slash network if you're looking for some one-on-one dad coaching then by all means come and work with me in that you can just go to the website teamsuperdad.com and request that uh, whether you're single divorced uh, keeping your relationship on the go trying to manage your kids are simply wanting to find more joy and energy and power because we work from the power code then um, then you're in the right place come and come and uh, say hello reach out and uh, and we'll have that conversation my name's johnny jensen it's been a real pleasure to have you with me i'll see you on the next episode of the team super dad podcast bye this has been team super dad Find us at TeamSuperDad.com. Join the program and create the best life ever for you and your children. You are not alone. You're on Team Super Dad.